Rolling. Well, here we are. You do it this time, Lime. Welcome, asymmetry listeners. Ooh, that's creepy. <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> that's just about as creepy as me walking down your basement. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That sent chills up my spine. <laughs> well, here we are, day two, the trophy. And for this one, uh, we sat down with Thor Hovla. He's a Sweden from Sweden. He's a potter. And uh, I got to sit down with another ceramicist. And joining him was Tom Benda. Tom Benda. Benda. Yeah. <laughs> More of a moral support. If you guys want to listen to some of uh, our conversation with Tom Benda, you'll have to go back to some of our past podcasts where we've, where we've talked to him. But today, this podcast is pr- pretty much just uh, basically just speaking with Thor. Yeah, just get to know him. And also, we talk about their Triskla collection uh, uh collaboration something that tom benda stone monkey and thor get together and do which is kind of cool it's towards the end of the podcast uh hope you guys enjoy it yeah and if you get a chance take out take a look at some of uh thor's uh youtube uh videos he's got a handful of them out there that's uh really quite interesting in the sense of they're very relaxing when you watch them they're kind yeah. of uh not so high energy, but uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. He's pretty relaxing to be around. Very, very relaxing, Very yes. calming energy. Yes. Definitely a ceramicist. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike me, I'm like a space cadet out there. <laughs> right. So enjoy the podcast and uh, sit back and relax. Enjoy. See ya. We have some of your stuff there. Yeah, yeah. And this is, looks familiar as well. Make sure you stay next to that mic because you'll hear it from him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, where are we at? Uh, on the moon. <laughs> I like it there. Men on the moon is quite a theme for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to answer that question, we are at the Trophy 2020 in Belgium. And we are with... Uh, Tom you forgot Benda. my name. No, well, that, <laughs> you, you were supposed to get you were supposed to get, get the hint and, and say, "Oh, Tom Benda, right?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Tom Benda. Okay. Okay. Let's start that again. And we're here with Tom Benda and Thor Halvilla. Very nice. Now, for those of you that don't know Tom Benda, we've done a number of uh, podcasts with him in the past on asymmetry, so you'll be able to uh, check out the uh, the past things we've done and listen in. Um, we are here also with Thor, who uh, is very unique with his pottery. And uh, I'm going to have to let Lime kind of geek out on this one, because he's, this is kind of like his little area <laughs> of... Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to kind of sit by and kind of listen, have some questions to be asked. But, uh, oh, I'm taking let, the lead on this. Well, you know, you are a potter. You know, you, 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 you claim you, you to be this potter. You were asking the questions. You were getting the thing rolling. Well, I'm, I'm going to kind of let you go. I mean, this is kind of like, you know... <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Put your big boy pants on. Well, Thor, we're, we're glad to have you. Yeah, thank uh, you. Thank right. you. Um, I like your work. So you've been doing ceramics how long? I started back in the 90s. with a, I was an apprentice to a, a Raku pioneer in Sweden, Paula Lindfors, who, who I just uh, taught me, you know, the basics and everything, and it was all guided towards Japanese uh, ah. tea, tea ceremony. Hmm. And then uh, when I started to collect my own trees... I sort of have this, uh, can I do my own pots? Yeah, why not? But really, can I? And I started to experiment, like 2008. And then I just, I just stayed in the studio for like two, two or three years before I started to release anything. How, so, uh, 
how long have you been doing bonsai? Bonsai started about the same time, 2008. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So you went to school to become a ceramicist? Yeah, first I went to art school, mm -hmm. and then after that I became an apprentice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So your website, just I think we should make a pause here. For those of you who are listening right now, they could go to the website real quickly and see what sort of work Thor does as yeah. we continue this, this, this conversation. So can you tell us what your website is, how they can locate you? you? Yeah, you can either go on holvillabonsaipot.com or you can go on Thor. Holvila.com. And that and is H Holvila is H O L V I L A. Okay, dot com. Dot com. Dot com. And Instagram, do you have an Instagram page? Yeah, Instagram is all both Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest mm -hmm. is connected to the website. So okay. you find all the pot archives and uh, YouTube videos and and also the web stores is there. Okay. So it's like Good. sort of like a Great. So you started as a as as a ceramicist, and what was what were you building? What were you making at that time? In the, in the beginning, I was just doing coil and and pinch pots, you know, tea tea cups. Mm -hmm. And then I started to search for something where I could uh, make a living in ceramic because it's so it's a passion. So, uh, uh, but that didn't happen until I found bonsai, really. So, uh, and I started with just releasing a few pots on eBay. And then it just went boom, because I thought really that I didn't know if there was an interest in my style and if I had something to contribute with. So I let the, 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 the bias decide. And, and then when I realized that, yeah, yeah, it's working, I, I started with the web store. Mm -hmm. And it just took off from there, a few retailers in the beginning. And, and uh, the customers was in the beginning mostly in the U.S., but then England came, and now France and Italy and Spain is growing, and hmm. and also Germany started too. Germany, even <laughs> they've been really Germinating. slow. Yeah. So your style is from the very beginning. The, your first bonsai pot. How long ago was that that you you built? How how yeah? How long ago has that in, been? In in two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. So if I was to look at your two thousand eight pot yeah. and a two thousand twenty pot, yeah. what what am I going to see? Yeah, the you, first you will see is that the drainage holes are like I couldn't really believe that uh, I shouldn't have any, uh, that that it would they, it would dry out. So I put some some uh, rim around the the drainage holes even to to keep the water. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but the shapes were there. Really, I'm fascinated about when I'm going back, and sometimes you just go back to get inspired from myself. So. Mm -hmm. I find that most of the shapes actually took took off in that oh. first year. Mm -hmm. when I, and I didn't look at what anyone else was doing. I was just isolating myself. And I didn't even look on the web. Uh, and then I ordered a, a Tofukuji book on eBay and I looked through that. And then it's, that was my first sort of uh, contamination. So for those that may not know who this person is, what can you, can you tell us? But hey, I'm... Tofukuji? Yes. He's yeah. like, for many, he's like the guru in bonsai pottery. He, he's, um, he's, uh, he was active, I think he died in the, in the 70s or something like that, wasn't it? 60s, 70s. But his stuff was, was, was totally different because he was, he was experimenting a lot and he was searching for, for, for older Chinese glazes and, and, mm -hmm. and he, 
he went out of the box a lot, and uh, his stuff today is is very highly valued as as uh, yeah. How did you pieces. become aware of him? I think it was I saw one of his pots in some context. If I had it in a book or so, and mm-hmm. then I saw that there was a whole book about him, and then I just got fascinated because he, he lived a kind of rough life. He was like a sort of like an, uh, a little bit of rock and roll in the bonsai mm-hmm. world, I guess, uh, bonsai pottery <laughs> world, yeah. which is very craftsmanship-based. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you inherit your your profession from your father and your grandfather, and mm. then you have a few guys coming in from the outside that just want to do pottery, and they don't fit in in that, in that uh, you know, that... Uh, because in Japan also, I realized when I was there in Tokonama that... They the bonsai potters are valued very low because if you work s- ceramics that has contact with soil, you d- it's like dirty ceramics. So they are on, on the bottom of the scale of the the, the ceramics, and the high, most highly ones are the one working with the teaware and the the, the shawan. Um, what what was it about that that pot that you s- saw of his that that what was it that just boom? The 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 traces of the tool, the 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 instant, you know, his his his. There was I saw that he worked really quick, at least for the eye, and you could see the traces of the tools. And then the glazing was, was you know, different washes of glaze and very very just strokes of stuff, and you know, and and not searching for the perfect, searching for perfection through imperfection. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so you went to Japan for a period of time? Yeah, I was invited by Hidemi Shuho Katoka at Yoshimura Kiln in, in Tokonama. It's it's one of the one of the the, the Potter uh, families kilns that still exist. There were a lot of them in, back in the fifties, and then when the when they got more expensive to fire, some of them the, were dropped off in the in the in the 80s, and now there's still six, you can say six kilns active in, in, in Tokonama. And one of them is the Yoshimura, where, where Shuho works. Shuho is the name in, in bonsai pottery, which is... Yeah, and you also. went there as an apprentice, as a, as a laborer? What was I was so surprised because I, don't, I didn't understand why, why does he want me to come over to Japan, because, uh, uh, yeah... I, but I just bought a ticket and went over, and uh, he just wanted me to work side by side with him. I just wanted to to watch me work, and and I'm watching him. And then I realized towards the end, this is at least what I'm th- I think happened that he was because in Japan now the retailers, the the, the potters they start to to want to sell towards the end customer uh, because they always had the retailer in between or the or the bonsai masters. And now they want to reach the audience at the end. So he was viewing me as successful on the net and, you know, on the web store and everything. And me being a name that shows, in for at least for them. And also the, that I'm not trying to do a Japanese thing, that I'm trying to do something which is me, was sort of also interesting, I guess. And But they were all, I met, we, I met all the... Koyo and, and and Iko and all the still working potters and we had like a pottery night and we discussed a lot about the future for pottery you know and and uh, and they are so interested in, in the market in Europe and in, in the US mm. and so what what would that evening look like discussing the future of pottery what, what is that a lot of oh <laughs> <laughs> 
But just a lot of, you know, uh, uh, showing parts to each other and, and mm -hmm. discussing, you know, details and, and, and what's interesting and, and uh, watching through, through the web, you know, and, and uh, I paid them all the visit, you know, we, they were also talking a lot about the history. I mean, you, you don't realize that in the beginning in Tokonama they worked with, with sewery and they worked with the dirty ceramics, they made toilet seats and stuff, and then when... When back in the 40s, when, when they started to come with Chinese pots and say, can you copy these? They just said, like, yeah, yeah, sure I can. And they had like a choice there because when everything became plastic and metal and all the all, the, all, the, all the, these old ceramics disappeared, they had to find a new market. So they could either do the, the, the teapots or they could do the bonsai pots. And some of them chose bonsai pots. And in the beginning it was unglazed, and then the glaze, glazing started slowly to come in the 60s. And, and by changing from, from wood to oil, and then oil to gas, and then gas now to electric, is, is, is also a cost, costly thing for many potters, so there are only a few remaining now. So What, what prompted this, not the switch, but the, the, the lean towards a glaze in the 60s? I think it was a few of the guys coming back with education from Kyoto, and they they came back with the, with the, with the, with the different um, uh, the Chinese glazes, and then they all started to to glaze or trying to glaze, and then the retailers they wanted to order the, at least this is what I understood by translation and everything that. The retailers, they wanted to be able to order a yellow or a red or a blue, so they all got their all different blues and greens and yellows, which differ a little bit from kiln to kiln. But to make it easy for the retailer to put in a bulk order, they also decided on certain, certain sizes and certain shapes so that the, the nurseries could order, you know, bulk orders in a smoothly way without so they never deal with the end customer the the the, the potters in, in tokonama they they just they don't get into it they, they say you talk to the to the master or you talk to the retailer i'm just doing the pots so so it wasn't until pretty modern times when they decided to just make 50 the same size pot at one time it was just they were just all one-off pots or was it uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it gradually it must have built up, and they had like a big boom uh, when everyone was doing bonsai. Like I think it was in the I'm really I'm not so good at years, but I think it was like in the in the end of the 50s, 60s when when they when they were starting to get a better economy that that uh, they were doing so much bonsai, so they even took the pots out of the kiln where they were still warm. Hmm. It was just lorries just going boom, 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 oh. boom. And after that, it sort of declined from there. But the most interesting thing is that, uh, is that uh, the aesthetic of the bonsai pot changed gradually when it came to Japan from China, and they started to have a few guys doing, changing the, the design, and then gradually they're forming the, the Japanese pot that we are used to today. But still... A lot of we what we what we see as Japanese is vintage also. Like yeah. mm -hmm. what they're doing today now is they try to, to keep keep one step ahead. It's like 
I was always talking about history, asking Hideme about who did this, well, why did he do that? And he said, you talk so much about history. Why do you talk so much about... That's why the, the, the window of the car is so big and the rear mirror is so small. You're supposed to look forward, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, it makes a big difference if it yeah. was your father or your grandfather, you know. But no, no, it's just... They try to keep ahead and be being pace with with what's happening. Yeah. So during that that little powwow you guys would have, you know, where they were doing the ha ha, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did they ever discuss about the what was coming in the future as far as the European potters and what people are doing in the United States? I mean, was that was that still a little bit too early for them to start taking notice of what what was happening in Europe? Yeah, yeah, they've been caught a little bit on the bed, so to speak. I mean, they, they are really, they have this union for all the potters in Tokoname, which is very strong and, and leading uh, what decisions to make. And they take sort of like a democratic decision. And they just haven't really looked on what potters are doing or even knowing that we exist. So, uh, so they are a little bit surprised over, over to see that we actually doing stuff that is uh, yeah out there for them like uh, as, uh, remember, especially koyo he was like he was i mean he's over 80 now and he he he's, he's forget things and everything but when he saw you know the the i had some magazines with me and showed him what we were doing and and he was just like i could see the glow starting you know in him and he said like where, where, where do you sell this? Who, who does this you know and I, he was all of, all of a sudden seeing a new market you know mm -hmm. it's like he woke up again and and realizing that now bonsai is living now in it's keep on living in in another place you mm -hmm. know they're just seeing it going down for year after year and it's like they're giving them hope again sort of strange but seeing the european markets the united states markets and yeah. stuff open up huh so do you still have a do you are you seeing the the type of pots we're seeing in europe and also united states any potters in in japan starting to kind of lean that way as far as changing their design the glazes the you know kind of thinking outside the box yeah, a little bit, but you know, it's it's so hard to to do that, you know, step over that limit. You have those guys who are working totally out of the, you know, on the side, which is like like uh, like uh, Bonsai, who has also a studio. He's called Bonsai. Uh, he he was he's like trying to experiment. Like he, he told me, like one time when a customer come and said, like. Why is your pot so expensive? It was like a gold, gold and black, huge megalith. And he said, like, yeah, because I make them with my hands. Uh, and he said, like, so the guy answers, like, why do you have to make them with your hands? And then he got so pissed, so he made the next pot with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so you have those guys on the side, the artists mm -hmm. who are the so, trying to search for something. But it's it, it's very hard for. Can you drop any names of ones in Japan that are doing that sort of work? I think that's that's the only guy that I met and that I heard of, and who and who's actually starting to have exhibitions and starting to work with some of the tree masters, who they see it instead of choosing a pot for the tree. He gives pots to different tree masters, and they have to design a tree for the pot or. So going the other way around, but uh, but in uh, I think uh, in Kusamuno it's much more. There is a much more avant-garde 
tolerance and 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 there's like a scene show starting with younger people turning into Xamuna instead of bonsai because it's too at least that's what i heard it's too rigid and too sort of uh, conservative and and uh, so there's much more freedom in in the Xamuna scene so, so i think so while you're in japan um you were there for how long uh, one month one working month, with okay. Hideme, yeah. And so, were you just building, just standard pots? Or were you? What were you? What were you actually doing? Well, it, it was a challenge because uh, I didn't know. It. First of all, I I chose a lot of his tools to work with, and uh, and he was you know showing me some some ways of of doing it. The tokoname clay is so different because it's it's made to dry fast. Uh, to pr- the production go going fast forward, so you have to work fast with it, and it's also very sticky, very gummy. So I couldn't use my my ordinary techniques. I had to think a little bit different. Mm. So, so I just started to make my own pots. I thought that's the best thing. I make my own pots in this clay, and then I'm gonna see stuff. I'm gonna hear stuff. I'm gonna be influenced by just being mm-hmm. here. And it it actually just sneaked in a few you know uh, new shapes and and new. You, and especially if, when I went to the graveyard in, in Tokoname, because on the graves they have those incense burners, which is the inspiration for the bonsai pot, really. Mm. It's like oh. a, lo- a lot of the, the rectangles as we know them uh, are there as water vessels or incense burners and and uh, also the rounds. And so I got more, some inspiration from there as well, because I thought this is where they caught their inspiration also so mm-hmm. yeah hmm. interesting mm-hmm. so i'm seeing the inspiration here in this pot in front of me with the uh, the bones and the in the skull coming yeah. from the cemetery <laughs> well that's but, lines it's <laughs> not lines, mine yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what, from, what, what, what inspires this from you what brings I, this out in you the, the, so to describe it it's a, it's got skulls for it and its teeth come down and it's the feet and it's a red in two different clay bodies mm-hmm. yeah and no glaze and what what brings this about it's for me it's like uh, death is the condition for life without death there is no life right. and mm. to have a tree growing out out of the dead of death coming out of the death as a hope because i mm. see the vessel as a, i wanted to see the vessel as a temple for the for the tree and the tree is perfection nature's perfection and the pot is man with his faults and mistakes, sort of. And I wanted, I wanted to make a pot where 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 death was visible. And instead of doing, also I wanted to play with the bamboo rim because bamboo for me is unknown. So instead of bamboo, I have I've I've done some bones around it, which has a similar sort of aesthetics, mm-hmm. but a bit different. You don't have a bamboo up in Sweden? No, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, no. Huh. So we've come a long way from that first pot to what we're looking at right now? Yeah, yeah. And that first pot, was that just kind of just uh, for yourself? It wasn't for the public, right? It was just something that you were making for yourself? Yeah, the the first pots were for myself, but then I realized, I guess, r- quickly that I wanted to do something that was maybe new for the, for the, could I take this further in some way or, or how can I do it with adding myself into it? Because I think all art is, 
is when you take something existing and you put your piece of yourself into it and then you give it away. And I, and I said, what can I contribute with? Can I contribute with anything? I mean, we all, already reached perfection, sort of. What can I do? And what am I su- supposed to add to this? And for me, it was the, the Nordic nature because uh, for, for my trees and for the other collecting trees in Sweden, it's, it's harsh, it's gray, it's, it's uh, cold, it's, it's uh, 50 shades of green, it's moss and it's, it's lichens. And I wanted to add that into the, to the pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so must I confirm that when I visited Sweden three years ago, with our first Riscola meeting, I I got to understand Thor's work way much more after seeing his nature mm-hmm. and the neighborhood around. Yeah. So when it comes to someone's art, I mean, when I look at this, I mean that that did you have any like did you care if people liked it? Did you was that a concern? Did you feel like I like it? I don't care if anyone else likes it. I mean, was that what were you what were you thinking? I I always been thinking like if there's like five percent out there who like my stuff, that's that's good enough for me. I I can't please. I'm not out to please everyone or in any way. I just have to express what I do, and if people like it and they see a value of it, then that's just great. Otherwise, but of course I'm I care about what people if people can use it if if if, if what the opinion is. But with today's technology, with the internet and everything, there's always one guy out there who's just going to like it. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to think so much about that. I have a small small production of 30 pots a month, and, and, and there's a pot for everyone in there. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So you closed yourself off for the first time, just so you, didn't, you weren't influenced by anything on the outside when yeah. you first started. Yeah. Right? So now are you influenced? Are you opening yourself up to see what's... Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's when you open up the door. The world is out there, and you're gonna be you're gonna be influenced whether you want it or not. And and uh, you can't choose what's gonna influence you. I mean, it can be so many things, but it could also be the the package of of butter on the table as as someone else's pot, or or mm-hmm. you know a line in a in a car, or uh, and uh, or as you already mentioned, it can be also another tool that you've never used mm. before mm-hmm. yep, yep. or yep. different type of clay. That's what we always experience when we work in each other's studio as mm-hmm. we do as a Triskel gang. When I came to Sweden, I didn't have my tools there and I was working with a different uh, type of clay. So it was perfectly the situation that Thor described he experienced in Japan. And it's already some influence to, wor- to your work. You just yeah have to learn something new in that moment. Well, you guys have like a little group of you that get together and you go to each other's studios and you all work on pots together and you collaborate, right? What's mm-hmm. that called? What do you call that? We call it Triskele. Triskele. Or, or now we call it Triskele Gank. Or, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We are bros. We are bros in clay. Or, but yeah. officially we chose the name of Triskele. Yeah, it's an old Celtic uh, name for, for the three forces like oh. a three the, natural ah, that came powers. out of the Earth, you know, Wind, first big uh, meeting we had with uh, Tora and Andy in Manchester 2015. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, there was so much going on. But uh, in one moment, we realized that still in Europe, there's a lot we have in common. 
uh, you know, the jeans are traveling all around the Europe and something we have in common is also the Celtic. Mm. There's, there's a lot of traces of Celts in, uh, even in my country and of course in England and Sweden and yeah, that's where Triscoll is. So how did your relationship start? Yeah, how did you guys meet? Uh, I was sitting at a pub in Poland, in uh, Wrachlow, and, uh, and my girlfriend, she had just bought uh, uh, the bonsai, uh, bonsai magazine, and she's like, I think it's Tom Benda sitting over there. I was like, no, it can't be Tom Benda on a pub in, in Wrachlow, because we were at EBA's uh, convention just uh, far away, uh, around the corner from there. And then, then uh, Tony Tickle was sitting and talking with Tom, and I could hear that they were talking bonsai. I was like, yeah, yeah, because I was totally new. This was my first, first uh, convention. Yeah, oh, event, okay. yeah, yeah. And then when Tony went to the toilet, I slided over and said, are you Tom Bender? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like starstruck, and, and Tom was like a little bit embarrassed, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was maybe first situation like that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we just hooked up really well, and yeah, we had a great, great time there. And, yeah. and Tom, you knew Thor was building pots? No, I, I haven't heard about okay. him before, but yeah, he introduced himself later on. Oh, yeah. The other day we got back into the convention and I saw his work for the first time, mm -hmm. and so we spent another two days talking and talking, and we mm. exchanged some pots. I still have yeah, them yeah. back at home and mm -hmm. in use. I sold mine. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, but it was so funny because this was, I was feeling ready to sort of get out in the world. So I started to search the web for bonsai, what, what is it called? Bonsai fair or bonsai, <laughs> uh, bonsai coop? Or, so, and then I found that there's a big meeting EBA has in Poland uh, this year, 2014. And I said to my wife, I found it. It's the biggest convention in the world. You know, we're going to sell everything. Let's pack the van and go down there. And I didn't have a clue. But yeah, that was, um, it was good because it was so small as well. So you met everyone there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, then we met again in Salia and, and again in uh, Manchester, where we already met together with Andy. Yeah. And Immediately the Triscoll thing Yeah, and came we up. had the same idea, didn't we? You and Andy were sitting and talking about doing something together. Yeah. And I was sitting two tables away. I thought that, yeah, I want to I wanna work with these guys in some kind of a collaboration. And I went over to your, your table uh -huh. and I remember you said something like, that's funny, we've just been talking about doing something like yeah, yeah, working yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you know, th th there were so many accidental things but they really just happen in time in the right timing yeah so who's this who's the third person then it's andy pearson stone monkey he oh, also traded his okay. spots in the us yeah. so that's our third brother yeah mm. unfortunately he didn't make it to come this year mm -hmm. from uk but i yeah. see well interesting at least mm -hmm. uh, yeah. we can speak uh uh, for him. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so the style has changed. Obviously, you know, you hear about uh, various different artists, painters that have different phases of their life that things have kind of changed, right? And so when you look back at your first pot to this pot, do you see things in the in the in the future that you might discover, might lean towards? I like Tom's pot. That pot that is in uh, um, 
Oh, uh, what's his name again? Oh, Michael. Yeah, Michael, Michael Trans. Little that that beautiful. What do you call it? Manta. Uh, yeah. Folded corner. Flight of Manta. Or yeah. Just yeah. Manta. Looking at your, your your earlier pots, right? I mean, I see this as as a as a as a shift going a, a of another direction. It looks like well, not yeah. another, another direction, but just another style, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, that's that's funny. This is this even wasn't meant to be a style. I. I I wasn't thinking about the aesthetics in this pro uh, process. This uh, design came up just through completely technical process. Uh, so if you are looking to the future, like what you are awaiting, you you just never know that there's something coming. And, you know, I just tried something. I said it's completely technical process. With this one, I had just a slab uh, of clay and I wanted to make some body which will just still be one slab without uh, uh, gluing more pieces of slabs together. Mm -hmm. So I just cut into the slab, but still let it hold in one piece and just glue the cuts back again in another manner. And uh, it gave me also this new aesthetic side of, of the design. But mm -hmm. basically it was completely technical process. That is, it, You know, I just started and I, I really didn't know what's coming out of it and, mm -hmm. and and it gave me new experiences both aesthetical and technical mm -hmm. i already used something what i've learned with menta i already used uh, on another pot again so mm -hmm. who knows the yeah. future it's a beautiful pot very nice yeah mm -hmm. thank so. you well good the, the, speaking of process this pot is just a just a non kind of round that you you told explain to me you just Put it on a wheel and started beating it with uh, bats. Yeah, <laughs> is that? Yeah, yeah. I was I was doing coils, you know, trying to make yeah. the 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 number I wanted, and uh, it just didn't work. Pinching and coil leaves, you know, different traces. So I I decided to take a big big piece of clay and just put it on a throwing wheel, and go on with, with wooden sticks instead of using the hands. So. I was shaping it with wooden sticks, beating it, and yeah, and then <laughs> I love it. That's and so then I awesome. car carved it from the inside instead yeah. of yeah. Once you got your shape, you just carved it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Mm. I work sometimes like that. You, you take a piece of clay and you 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 throw it around and you give it some you know some some wounds and then you decide which piece you can keep of it or if you if you can just you know cut off uh, the top. And then put feet on it and, and, and hollow it and, and then smoothen it a little bit with your fingers and you get like... Because I think that there should always be like some kind of uh, uh, accident coming from the... in Something you can't predict in ceramics, the, the touch of... of uh, of uh, the human destiny. Hand. Oh, destiny. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, not being totally controlled. Right. And that comes from, I guess, the, the Raku... Uh, the tea po teapots that there should always be an element of of uh, un unpredictable. yeah unpredictable mm. yeah and that gives it that soul sort of yeah, yeah. character love mm. yeah I like that a lot that's what this this has a lot there's a lot of unpredictability yeah. yeah that's why I picked it up I like it a lot yeah and yeah, thank you oh great you plan on doing more stuff. Along this line, or was this just something one day just for inspiration? No, I I, I just did this like it's just like a month ago. Yeah. So I'm I'm um, I'm planning on doing much more like this. Yeah. It's actually a great technique of just 
you know, and you know the throwing wheel is really hard to. I mean, if you use your hands and you and you center the piece and everything, you can make perfect, perfect pieces. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. But if you if you if you keeping your hands away and using sticks, you can't control the warping and everything. So you get really interesting uh, shapes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to do more of that. Hmm. That sounds so yeah. much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah, home, yeah. throw uh, some clay on the wheel, and I'm just gonna beat the hell out of it for a little <laughs> while and see what happens. <laughs> I'll send you a picture. Do that. <laughs> maybe yeah. I'll video myself. <laughs> or so, use your feet too. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I'll do my feet. <laughs> so as a potter, what, what sort of challenges do you see of those that are looking for pots for their trees? I think it's, it's the, the, what you, I mean, like for showing, if they're doing a display, it has to be the, the, the perfection in the in the in the balance. I sort of find the balance in the unbalance. Like it, it, sometimes it looks like very easy. Like okay, someone just put this together and it's just bush, bush, bush. But that's the most difficult part is to find a balance in the unbalance. And uh, some of my pots are just not suitable for for displaying. Uh, uh, you know, in in a, like just like in a showing. Uh, so. I think that's that's a difficulty, and also that me as an artist want to go one direction, but needs to hold back because of the the functionality and the. But that's also the challenge of it. You have to you have. A, I think I, I like to have a small universe with limitations, which I can explore. That gives me freedom. Three colors to work with, two brushes, and sort of. Constantly, you know, clear out my toolbox and getting rid of. I just want like six or seven tools hmm. to have freedom because too many choices also gives you. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, wow, that's mm -hmm. very yeah. interesting yeah. perspective. I've never mm -hmm. thought of that. I have a huge pile of tools. I've got a little bucket by me like this. Yeah. I'm always trying to get like, oh, I'm not going to use that, and then I always go back to using it and pick up weird tools constantly, and yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I should limit it. See what happens. Yeah, but imagine if you're doing a painting and you're using, if you're using just two brushes. Yeah. It limits you to to uh, to express yourself with small dots with that. Yeah. And if you have like a range of different sizes and you can go like fine lines and you can go, it's a totally different. Uh, yeah. Aesthetic look, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's 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 not always that. The more detail is the better ones. It's it's also you have to leave something for the mind to fill up a gap. It's the same with music or anything. It's what you're not playing that is the interesting part. It's the beat of the drum that's not there that you have to fill in yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's the most important part. Yeah, yeah, I, I like think that. it's the same with. So outside of the bonsai pots, what's the other interest? History, ceramics, I should say. Yeah, history. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really into reading and writing about uh, uh, Scandinavian history oh. going back from from uh, to 9th century forward for for my region I come from a region in Sweden which is between Denmark Norway and Sweden so it's like a forgotten country we 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 don't have our history it's been stolen so I'm trying to to search by the Icelandic sagas to find the, the traces for the old battlegrounds and, and everything that happened around, uh, it's Gothland, it's hmm. called, where the Goth once, once yeah. emigrated and beat the Romans and then came back. I see, yeah. interesting. Hmm. So yeah. have you, how far back have you gone with your personal family? 
oh, I don't know more than three generations, something like that. I have a Finnish-Russian side, and then I have a Swedish side. That's about it that I know. Hmm. Yeah. So here we are, 2020, yeah. right? 2020. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got a few more months in front of us before 2021. <laughs> so anything on the horizon you've got going? Yeah, it's... Um, Right now it's workshops. Uh, for me, it's going to South Africa to to because they all have a really small bonsai pottery scene that's growing, mm-hmm. and uh, to do workshops there. And then the Scandinavian bonsai retreat, which I uh, which I hold up in the mountains of of, uh, of Sweden every year, where we invite uh, uh, twenty people for a workshop and 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 this year we're gonna have walter powell and jennifer price for the second year uh yeah we go up in the mountains and look at old chico a nine thousand five hundred year old spruce norwegian spruce Mm -hmm. and we're gonna see the waterfalls and and just you know get 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 inspiration and then we're gonna work on the trees and camp down by the river and yeah, just oh, that's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds epic, man. <laughs> Woo! And you do that once a year. Yeah, once yeah. a year. This wow. is the fourth year now. I have to slip you my uh, my address. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should come. It's, I mean, it's just yeah. It's something happens when when people have to travel so far because you have to sacrifice something to gain something, and by traveling like forty four hundred kilometers up in the mountains. When the guys come with the trees in the trunks, they are like, let's do bonsai. And they're like all airs. And the silence up there, the nature, just, the, you know, it gives you that focus on, on working on the trees. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Is and this just, your property, your place up there? Is that what it is? Or is this? It's close to my, I have a cabin up in the mountains where, where I have, keep my trees yeah. that I collect in the mountains. And it's, so we rented the local, uh, the local uh, hall oh, mm-hmm. okay. uh, from, the, from the village and we stay there. And then we rent some cabins down by the river, yeah. Is that where you do your studios up at your cabin too for ceramics? Yeah, summer, summer house, summer studio. So my winter studio is in Gothenburg and my summer studio is up in Dalarna, which is up in the mountains. What, what kind of kilns do you have at these wood, electric, gas? What are you firing with? I'm firing electric back in Gothenburg and up in the mountains I fire gas. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Huh. so... I'm I'm building on a on a wood kiln, but slowly, slowly. It's so. Uh, why two different locations, summer and winter? Uh, I think it's a Swedish thing. You 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 move up in the mountains in the summer, and yeah. you bring the cattle, and then you go back to to the to to your normal house in the winter, and then you lock yourself in and tell stories and and eat <laughs> from the <laughs> from the storage. Eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah. So Tom, what have you got going for this year? Uh, I think just the Triskeler meeting. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Have. Triskeler. yeah I forgot uh, to say the Triskeler meeting, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah you just pass it over to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, then uh, maybe Salia again. Like, yeah, every year. Even though I don't uh, have my train stand, uh, trade stand over there. But, yeah, meet people and yeah, hand over some few commissions or something. So when Sally used... May, maybe that's, that's all for this year. Yeah. And Michael Tran's Generation Bonsai oh. in July to meet Todd again and meet uh, Andre. I haven't met him before, or maybe no one did. Yeah. And 
Uh, that's just uh, these three. So you go, you participate with the Generation Bonsai? You set up for that and all that? Uh, the, the, this year I will uh, not participate that much because I will come later because of our Triskele meeting. Oh. It's mm -hmm. colliding. Uh, and I also forgot to mention uh, our little uh, exhibition I do with my closest crew in uh, south of Bohemia, south of Czech Republic. And mostly I'm just locked in my studio and mm. working for you guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep on working, okay? We're going to have to put a lock on that studio. Yeah. Chain you to the studio. Yeah, chain you to it. <laughs> Intervenious food. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so very much for, you know, taking yeah. this time and talking with us. Yeah, really thank you. That. But I have one last question before we go. What do you do with the stuff that comes out of the Triscola meetings? What do you do? The ceramics that you guys do, what, what becomes of them? Yeah, we, we just, we, we sell it. <laughs> and Individually the, or as like a group? Uh, or as everyone a group, takes a few? As a group. Usually uh, the, the one who's holding the, uh, the year's national edition in his own country, uh, this, this one is responsible for glazing, firing and sales too. Oh. And uh, we use the money we, we, we earn with this, we, we use for another meeting the next year. And last year we've uh, finished the first round. We've already visited Sweden, Czech Republic and in England. And now there's the second round beginning in Sweden again. This is going to be wicked, yeah. We're going to yeah. go to... Norway too. Yeah, Norway, the fjords and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah work out in the, in Thor the promised me wow. to see yeah. some <laughs> more of uh, of the Viking uh, craft that we maybe see some tombstones or yeah, some, yeah, 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 some sculptures on uh, in wood or uh, on, on buildings the like these decorations. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I ask for these wooden churches because they are. Beautifully decorated, and I, How old I, I want to just yeah, like, yeah. inhale something of it, and and uh, then reprint reprint it in uh, next edition we're going to make together. And yeah, my plan is also that I some think some old ship we are going yeah, to see. Yeah, we're going too. to see yeah, the Viking yeah. ship they dug out of the out of the moons mounts. But I'm planning on this. Normally, we stay in the studio working, and then we do some excursions, and then come back with the inspiration. But this time, I'm going to bring the clay in plastic boxes. I probably will make a few basic shapes, Bodies. and then we sit in in the evenings and and carve and and add and, and I'm change. I'm so flipping jealous. Yeah, <laughs> this is incredibly fun sounding. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah it's that's awesome. We awesome. have to have Triscola meetings in the U.S. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to make Mariah a, 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 tr a Triscola a, a stop on the Adventurer Circle. And then I'm going to yeah. jump into their little Triscola. <laughs> Guest star. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. You'll, be, you'll be very welcome yeah. in here, right? <laughs> to do this with It'll us. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. And Thor, thanks for letting me pick up some of your work. I appreciate well, it, you know? Thank you. Thanks for your support. Yeah, well, thank you for making it. It's beautiful. This is going to be a great addition to my... Uh, I think I'm gonna put a pygmy in this, and this is gonna stay on my shelf for my collection. Ah, so good, excellent. All right, thank Thanks. you guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, cheers.